following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org. Hello, welcome to Life Matters. I'm your host, Brendan O'Connell. Well, we have a very special guest on today. She's a board member of, Ex of Expectant Mother Care Frontline and uh, one of the outstanding board members. They can be just quiet board members, but she's uh, uh, revered by, by me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, her name is Eileen Slattery. We'll welcome Eileen. Well, thank you, Brendan. I'm not too sure about how extraordinary I am, but thank you very much. <laughs> well, uh, Eileen, uh, her husband passed away after uh, two plus years of being diagnosed with cancer. And that happened in uh, mid to late November. And he yeah. was a true uh, a lion of the pro-life, the heart of a lion, no question about that, of the pro-life uh, world. Uh, Chris, Chris Slattery. And right. uh, first of all, I, I wanted to ask you, Eileen, how did you meet Chris? Uh, and um, tell, tell us a little bit about the first year or two yeah. that you were involved with meeting Chris and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, we weren't kids when we met. Uh, I did meet him when I was, we were both 30. Um, and how that came about, we were both out working on our own. And um, I went back to school to get my bachelor's degree at Fordham University at night, working full-time as a secretary. And uh, one of my papers that I had to do for school was on uh, right to work or right to life, and I just so decided to do it on right to life. I'd been involved in life um, back when I was living at home growing up because my mother was involved. Uh, she used to go up to Albany and picket Rockefeller. So I uh, come from a long line of <laughs> uh, pro-lifers there. But um, I had moved away from it, and I decided to get back into it a little bit. So I did a paper on the alternatives to abortion movement, uh, which is really, you know, uh, beginning to pop up uh, with the different pregnancy centers and pregnancy care centers, maternity homes, et cetera. And um, I decided to go to the charity ball for life that the uh, Catholic Forum had uh, hosted, started, I think, around 1985 or 86. I went to the one in 86. And uh, just on my own, decided to go. And it happened to be that um, Chris's pregnancy center, the one that he had started, was being honored along with one of the maternity homes. Uh, I never heard of the crisis pregnancy center, but I did of the maternity home. So I went to the dance on my own. I bumped into a lot of old friends that I hadn't seen in a number of years. And I decided to, um, I want to get back involved in pro-life work. And I wanted to volunteer at something. So it was recommended that there were two crisis pregnancy centers in Manhattan at that time. One was on uh, West 14th Street. That was run by Silvana Cowden Guido. And uh, the other one was Chris Slattery Center on 23rd Street. But Chris was the only one that had monthly meetings. And uh, so I decided to go to that. 
And after the dance, I, which by the way, I never saw him at the dance. He was there, he was being honored, but I never spoke to him. Oh. So I went the following month uh, to his first, his meeting with a bunch of other people that uh, wanted to volunteer. Um, Father Jerry Murray did a beautiful job. He had, he always does a meditation beforehand, confession. I almost didn't make it because the church doors were locked. I had to go in by the rectory. I wasn't even sure we'd get in, but I did. And, um, and that Saturday a, I came was, to volunteer. Was this mm-hmm. in Manhattan or was this yes, in, in, Manhattan. in Yonkers? Yes, had a center. Yeah, no, 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 no. We Yonkers, we ne- I didn't move up to Yonkers until after we had four children. No, we lived in the city for 11 years mm. after I got married. Um, no, this is, Chris had a center on East 23rd Street in Manhattan mm. between 2nd and 3rd Avenue, and that's where I came to volunteer. Chris was working at uh, Economist Magazine. He was in the ad business, and um, he did this part-time, is the uh, pregnancy center. Mm-hmm. Um, he got involved because he saw a need. He heard um, uh, Bob Pearson speak, and he said, "Well, I'm going to go out there." And, I, and he went and, and did some sidewalk counseling, and then he had realized he had no place to take any woman that was turned around. There was no pro-life or, um, places, so he decided to start a crisis pregnancy center, and which you could take. And this is all before the computers. We had no cell phones. This is you know back in 1985. And uh, so when I came to volunteer in 86, we got these slide projectors. This is what we're watching uh, to educate uh, young women that were coming in for help. And that's what it started. That's where it started. I came in on Saturdays to volunteer and um, we went out for coffee after maybe the second Saturday and uh, found out we had a lot of mutual friends, same people that we both knew. Hmm. So um, another couple of Saturdays and we started to go out. Uh, so within one month, I was already going out with Chris and uh, within two more months, we got engaged. Wow, that's uh, uh, very fast. Now, did you get I think ma- the bottom, the bottom you- line was that we, we um, on all the big issues, we were in sync, if that's the right term. Uh, we were very certainly pro-life and um, we wanted families. We get, we're both Catholic, uh, come from, um, you know, our background. So uh, on the big issues, we were very much uh, together on. So we, it moved very smoothly. And we're the same age. We're both 30. So I, we got married when I was thir- 31. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you told me that uh, your, your, your first attempt to get married got delayed. Why was that? Well, um, we were thinking of the fall, um, but his both of our fathers were ill. Uh, his father, um, he had prostate cancer, and he passed away in August of that 1986. So we got engaged in June 86, and um, his father passed away in August 86. Um, so we, were, we postponed it to the spring of 87, and then my father passed away in March of 87, so both fathers were not there at the wedding. We didn't postpone it again. Um, but at least we had, both of us had met the father of the other. So Chris did meet my father at, at one point and I did meet his dad. So at least um, we were able, they, they were able to see who their children were marrying, I guess is, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so we just had our moms um, at our wedding. And we got married at um, Church of Our Savior on 38th Street and Park Avenue, which is where Chris had his monthly meetings because we had no specific ties to our local churches. 
And uh, so, but we did there because that's where he held his meetings. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was in May of 1987, May 23rd. And then uh, you, you had uh, over 11 years, you, I think you said you had four children. Yes, yes, we had all of our children in Manhattan. So um, our first was Mary Frances. Uh, she was born the second day of Operation Rescue, which we were both involved in when it started very early on in Manhattan. Uh, I was sitting out the day before uh, in front of the mill abortion mill and um, in the Upper East Side, uh, late term abortions were being performed there. And we had about over 560 people, I believe, were um, arrested that day. I didn't get arrested because I was not feeling good. And needless to say, I next morning I delivered me Francis. So huh. yeah, I had a baby the second day of Operation Rescue. And that was uh, our daughter, Mary Francis. And um, so yes, and then uh, Desmond came two years later. Uh, that was when uh, Chris was fired from his job for being uh, pro-life. He was a very active pro-life person. And um, so his his company had, had, I mean, they didn't say that, of course. They they said, you know, they, they parted ways. And even though he was the number one salesman that month. And um, mm. then, which is fine, because that is what gave uh, Chris the motive to, to make a decision. Do I do this full time or do I just keep doing work and then do this part time? And he believed God wanted him to do this full time, which he did from then on. So for 33 years, solidly, he did um, his life was com um, his work was committed to the pro-life cause. And um, then two years after that, we had Bridget. Um, and then another two years, we had Monica. So uh, three girls, one boy, all in Manhattan, all born at St. Vincent's Hospital, which is now closed, unfortunately. But uh, we eventually moved up here to Yonkers. Yes, that was 24 years ago we moved up here to Yonkers. And uh, I saw a sign as I entered Yonkers in the past year that it's the third most populous city. Populous it's a, it's, city. Yeah, it's the third, yeah, uh, largest in, city. In, in New York. York. Yeah, yeah, which is quite interesting. I didn't think that. I thought it was the fifth at one point, but... Um, which, which I find maybe it's true because people are leaving New York for, for various <laughs> reasons. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, the, the population is going down a bit. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, and abortion is yeah. one of the reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And Florida and Texas are the, a couple of other yeah, reasons. Yeah, they're all getting the people. So that's, yeah. <laughs> Well, what was it like? You must have had a lot of stresses and strains that you're trying to, I mean, he's had two, I've known him, he's yeah. had three operations, uh, yeah. the Bronx, yeah, uh, Queens, and yeah. one other yeah. place. Yeah, he started, the, he had the one when he first started this because he um, he was, remember, he was working full-time at a job and he, and he opened the pregnancy center on 23rd Street with just like, I think, 300 bucks in the bank and I think his rent was like maybe 1200 or 1500 at the time and it was a you know a wing and a prayer of putting everything in god's hands i mean was he going to raise the money to keep it going the next month the next month and he did whatever whatever it took um chris put himself into it one 100 and um you know the 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 belief is um that he maybe over 43 or 44,000 lives have been saved over the course of these many years um, all the clients, all the women that have come in and um, have see sought help, turnarounds, or just seeking the help. 
And that was what it is. Uh, when the women come to our centers, uh, they're met with compassion, understanding there's no judgment. Uh, women have come in, had abortions, go back out, but then they come back again, or um, they change their mind, or you know whatever it is. You're you are always open to listening to them and he- helping them as best you can, and that was um, always uh, Chris's goal: saving both the child and the mother, and by whatever means, by whatever help that we could provide. And it was always a struggle because. We weren't funded by some big major foundation. This was always the donors who believed in the work that uh, kept us going. And uh, they're wonderful, wonderful people between prayers and their contributions. Um, and, it, and, and it has been a struggle. And he's you know, been in, in debt time and again, but we always managed to, to pull it out uh, with God's help. Mm-hmm. And uh, shortly after I knew him, he, uh, he purchased something called a Lifehouse, which when you go down yeah. I-95, there's an exit right onto that street with a Lifehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, don't go down 95. Yeah, that's, that's you, when you're coming across 95, uh, yeah, I-95, you're going on the, uh, that strip of, of roadway is really the Cross Bronx Expressway. Uh, nothing expressed way about it, but you know, it's a, a very challenging road for a lot of people. But yes, it's the Rosedale Avenue exit. Uh, it's in the South Bronx. It was a, a life house uh, Chris had bought a number of years back. With the one purpose was um, he was bringing in. He had started an intern program where he was inviting um, basically college college maybe uh, early 30s anywhere between 20 to 20 to early 30s year old uh, people young men and young women uh, to come and learn how to work at a pregnancy center learn how to do sidewalk counseling uh, to learn these um, skills that they could take back to their respective um, countries because a lot of them come from bulk of his um uh, interns came from Spain, but we had some from England, Scotland, Alpha, Africa, South America. We had a whole bunch from all different places. And um, they were learning. They would go back then to their respective communities to be able to help women in need there. And some of them would come back uh, a few times over the course of the years. So the house was set up for them to stay in. Um, Chris provided room and board, basically, Um saw a metro card for them to get back and forth to the uh, pregnancy centers uh, where they were being trained and helped and um, a little stipend too to uh, offset like the little minor expenses and then what he would do to break up the thing because he would try to get them to stay the um, a minimum of six to eight weeks um, to give them the real sense of what's going on um, he would take them on uh, excursions could be a weekend one, could be a couple of days, could be a little vacation. So he'd break it up to give them a chance to see a little bit of America as well. And um, so we, we, a lot of times we would take them on vacation with us. Um, we had seen perhaps over 300 maybe uh, plus uh, interns over the course of the years. So it, it was very effective. And uh, I've been contacted a lot of the interns that knew Chris well have been, you know, sending their condolences too for, for, um, after he passed away. Um, so they were wonderful, wonderful people. And I think they learned a great deal and it served its purpose. The life house, uh, we just sold it. Um, 
because uh, the new company that has taken over Expecting Mother Care uh, has other um, ideas of how they want to uh, train people. And uh, they may start up a interim program later on or not. It's up to them entirely. But um, they have a slightly different um, way of handling it. So uh, that has been closed up now. And I think what really happened also, just to give you a perspective, it's the um, with COVID happening, we lost a lot of the uh, opportunities to have interns come and stay in the city. So um, even them leaving their country, coming to America, they couldn't do that. And uh, so we couldn't get in the interns that we wanted. So that even happened before Chris um, had passed away. But we did have a couple last year and uh, they were able to, one from Ireland, I think, and, um, uh, and one from Spain. Now, um, I, I noticed when I, uh, when I was with Chris, he always had a telephone and he was always taking calls. Even if he was in church, he'd go he'd stand in the back of church. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, these uh, women would be calling in. And I think he said something like uh, abortion alternatives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, women thought that they were calling to get an abortion. And that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. Uh, mm-hmm. He was kind of mm-hmm. using the strategy that the pro-abort used to get women in the door and mm-hmm. uh, to have an abortion that I've, I've had on abortionists who said we had scripts that we would tell these women, pregnant women. And mm-hmm. it sounded like Chris had his own. Uh, yeah. Well, they, he, he's always had to um, battle uphill because the pro boards basically had control over many things. One of the first things that happened was in the Yellow Pages, because back in the day, that's where you use the Yellow Pages to look up things. We were in the clinic section. And uh, so the pro boards went after us saying, well, we're not a licensed clinic, medical clinic, even though a lot of theirs weren't either. But it, you, you couldn't battle that from that. And so they took us out of the yellow pages, took us out of clinics. So where could we be? So um, they actually it was very, very funny. Uh, they created a new heading, abortion alternative. So. When girls would be looking up in the yellow pages, they would start with A. So abortion alternatives would come before clinics. So we were still getting calls. And yes, a lot of the girls or women would not know or not acknowledge, you know, what does it mean? That that could mean choices. Maybe, oh, they're going to give me different choices about abortion. You don't know what they're they're thinking. They just saw abortion. Okay, well, and I'll click on that or I'll call up that number. So we didn't lose too many initially. And uh, so when they would call, they would still want, you know, abortion, abortion. So the whole idea is when you have a conversation with uh, somebody looking like that, you're trying to feel out, well, why? Is this something that's spur of the moment? Is this something that you have to do? Is this something that you're sick? Whatever the reasons, you, you try to get in a little bit of conversation. You're not going to counsel them over the phone. That's not what you, you're to do. What you want to do is establish a relationship so that you can hear what they're saying, respond back to them accordingly and say, you know, we can help you with this. We can have you come in and help you. And it could be uh, with medical care. Maybe it's some insurance they don't have, or maybe it's something, whatever else the reasons are. So yeah, let's come in and confirm this. We can give you an ultrasound, which is what we do and for, for free or, or, or just $20 if you don't have insurance, $20. And you can see 
And then you, the, the idea is to get them in the door so that you can talk with them. Now, you're still going to lose people. There's no guarantee. But at least this way, you now face to face, you have a, an opportunity to uh, show them that you care and that you can offer help. And maybe they haven't really thought it through. And this gives them the chance to do so. We still will lose people, of course. But the idea is you're always there. Come in and we'll help you. And that's what he did. And now, uh, who would do the counseling? Would it be Chris himself or would it be another woman? Oh, in the beginning, I mean, Chris certainly did help with some of it as we get more um, counselors in. It's um, primarily women, although we've had some men also counsel. There's no reason. And, and I, one of our best counselors was a man, even mm. better than Chris. And um, he's not I mean, Spanish speaking. He's Spanish speaking. And... Uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, man. So, you know, that whole thing, women only, and it's all, if, if a person is that uncomfortable, yeah, we can switch in that, but we've never really encountered that with any of the girls, any of the clients coming in. We'll get anger if a girl is in adamant about abortion, and you just can't talk anything more out of that. Then they'll just leave. But, um, but for the most part, People will sit and they will talk and they're very willing to talk, whether it be a very good male counselor or a female counselor. Doesn't matter mm -hmm. if, if your understanding is shown, if you show that compassion, they will respond to that. Mm -hmm. uh, how did uh, Chris uh, move into the whole ultrasound area? And I think uh, mobile vehicles also uh, going around uh, or a yeah. vehicle. Can you tell yeah, us about vehicle. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had he had one mobile unit one at one time. Yes, uh, the ultrasound obviously came with the uh, window to the womb that videotape that were that was used a lot in counseling because now you can actually see. You know, when you put a face to the child, um, it's a lot harder to say, "Oh, it doesn't exist," which is what so many women, so many lies were told to them. It's nothing. It's just a blob of tissue. You know, the, the oldest lines that they used. And so they're not going to feel anything. It's just nothing. Well, now you have an ultrasound and whoops, you see something far different. Now you see a, a child moving around. You see hands and feet and legs and all. And uh, so that was a, an, a very important tool. Um, and Chris brought that into the center. So this would be another incentive to show the, the uh, women coming in who it is, what it is you're, you're dealing with here now. And uh, at one point, he did have an ultrasound unit in a, a mobile uh, RV type vehicle. Uh, he took to the mainly into the Bronx, um, but it was a very large vehicle and it was very hard to keep because of parking situations. And, you know, the parking in New York is, is really terrible. So um, we had it for about a year or so, and uh, we had to, to give that away or donate it back away. But um, it was a good incentive. So we, now we had mobile unit. I'm sorry, we had ultrasound units in both the Bronx and Brooklyn centers and, and also now Queens. So any one of the centers we had the young women go to, they could get an ultrasound and that would be an incentive for them coming in. Well, let's confirm how far along you are. You're not even sure you're, you know, you might've done a test. Maybe you didn't do a test. We always recommend them to do a first morning test. If it turned out positive, please come in. We'll do the ultrasound. We'll find out how far along you are and what your options are. And that's what they want to hear. They want to hear 
what is available to them and what they can do about it. Um, but yes, the mobile unit and the ultrasounds were very, very important in the education for women as to what is going on uh, in the, their womb, because <laughs> it isn't nothing. And, you know, they need to see that. Mm -hmm. And what would you say is uh, your and Chris's legacy as far as uh, this is concerned? What would, how would you categorize it? Well, um, I, I, it's very hard to pinpoint, uh, Brendan, but um, I'm glad that his legacy is continuing because Compass Care has now taken over expectant mother care so more lives can be saved along the way. Uh, they are wonderful, wonderful people. They've embraced or have already done so the same mission that Chris has. It's um, saving lives both the mother and the child, and educating the mother and the and and families that are um, in a crisis situation. I have never heard in the now thirty five years that we've been involved in this work, and and people that have come to the center, I've never heard one woman regret her decision in keeping a baby. Never one. No matter how poor, rich, young, old, if their work was affected or not affected, it didn't matter. No, nobody ever regretted having their child. So the regret is always on the other side, on having that abortion. And that's what Chris wanted to move them away from. Let's think along the lines of how we can help and what you can do to change in your lives to make things better so that this child can grow. This child could be very effective in, in whatever he or she is called to do later on in life. So the legacy will continue, I believe, with Chris's work through Compass Care, which is our centers are still open actually. They are um, reopening, I should say, January 8th. I think they're trying to start up, bringing in new people to keep things going. And that's what we, we um, I think it was a little bit of a worry for Chris when he was um, in his last months, you know, that he would lose that momentum. But it's not the case. This uh, this group is wonderful. They're from the Buffalo area and they're now coming down to the New York City area and um, mm. they'll be around for a long time. So I'll be there to help with them as well. I'm on the board now over there and uh, we will continue the same good, wonderful work that Chris had had uh, started here in New York City and also um, with God's help. That's the bottom line. Can't do any of it without God's help. Well, Eileen Slattery, thank you so much. Our time has come to an end. We could talk for hours, I would think. Uh, yeah. And yeah. maybe we'll get a chance in the future, uh, not on sure. television, but. Uh, anyway. I thank you very much, Brendan. It, it yeah. meant a lot. And uh, yeah. it always makes me feel good to speak about Chris. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, folks, we hope you found today's show to be unique, informative, content-rich, truthful, and thought-provoking. Thanks for watching and listening. My name is Brendan O'Connell, your friend for life. Preceding commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, 
Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3215 or email radio at bnnmedia.org.